Greetings, film fans, and welcome to episode 36 of The Big Review. See, the film show from Joe and Her that has been blown up, blown down, and just plain blown all over town all morning. We are knackered after all that. Go on. This can get dirty <laughs> no. really quickly. I'm your host, Owen Hardy. I'm delighted to be joined by two of the world's uh, most wonderfully windswept people. Uh, it's Rory Cashin and Paul Moore. <laughs> How are you both? Why are you exhausted? It's just wrecked from all the... It's very windy out. Uh, so windy, yeah, it's windy. very windy. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so you're not just wind. blowing hot air here behind the mic, are you? Exactly. Never. I would never ever do that. He's not blowing that. No. If you'd like to get in touch with the Bigger View Ski <laughs> for all your stormy weather updates, because we were talking about the wind, you can tweet us on Twitter at Bigger View Ski, and you can WhatsApp us on zero zero three five three. Paul, give me a number. Uh, Seventy two. That's it. Rory. Sixty nine. guy. 83. And four. So there's our number, so do get in touch with us. And because we love you all so, so much, we have an unbelievably star-studded show lined up for you that includes Lenny Abrahamson, director of The Little Stranger, Dongle Gleeson, <gasps> the greatest actor, uh, Irish actor of all time, in my opinion, um, <laughs> Mr. Jack Black, and Kate Blanchett. The second time Kate Blanchett has been on The Big Review Ski She loves She's a friend of the show. She's a friend of the show. She really is. She can't uh, get enough of us. Plus, we've got some amazing high clues and tickets to see A Star is Born at the exclusive Irish premiere in Dublin, which uh, I don't know if Bradley Cooper and Lady Zsa, Zsa will be there. We can't say for definite they won't be. But we can definitely say that they probably won't be. And I think we can definitely say it's a great film. The amount of buzz around this is like the early Oscar favourite already. Lots of buzz. Big fans. Buzz. Um, now though it's time for the big question on the Big Review Ski and for this week's big question on the Big Review Ski it's over to Paul Moore for this week's big question (laughs) on the Big Review Ski is it a big question? I think so what's it on? The bigger view scheme. Here we go. Okay, with a house, in a, uh, the house with a clock in its walls is coming back. And before the film even starts, there's a lovely little logo. It's an Amblin feature. And if anyone was raised in the 80s, you'll know Amblin was Steven Spielberg's company who did the Goonies, did Gremlins. Loads of that great 80s fare growing up with. That's kind Grady's. of a... Grady's. <gasps> Grady's. Kind of. Does anyone call it the Grady's? I don't think so. I think so. we can 19 take that. 1984, Nineteen grady six. Grady six. I was born. Grady, Top Gun and Alien Grady, came out. Grady Alien. Seven. Yep. Nineteen grady eight. You alright? Nineteen grady nine. I forgot the first ones. Nineteen grady. <laughs> yeah, go on. On that note, I would like to know your favorite f- uh, character from a standalone film in the eighties. So that's, that's no sequels. So that's Solo, Indiana, Ripley, all them gone. So standalone character from a one film in the eighties. Do you have any questions, Roy? No, no, no. I was, I was more. There was, there was movies where I was like, ah. Oh, uh, Deckard it was like oh no and then I was like oh uh, Kurt Russell and the thing I was like nope because uh, you know decades later there were sequels or prequels or remakes or whatever mm. so it actually took a bit more but this was my question oh. about it because the question is who is your favourite character from a standalone 1980s film mm. yeah does that mean what if the character doesn't appear in any of those sequels prequels remakes can you still pick that character yeah I just basically I that they're not no. uh, that's not my question I'm very harsh well, my answer... <laughs> okay, well, let's go with Rory first. So who did you go for? Well, uh, to my knowledge, she hasn't appeared in anything else. Um, but she it was a uh, seminal influence, let's say, as, as a child. Like, really... Okay. Imp- imp- like, oh, is this Cates from Fast Times Original? Like, verbally italicized seminal. Okay. Okay. Like some other man. <laughs> this is a very Rory Cashin answer. Get out of here. 
She's married to Roger Rabbit. Yeah. You alright, Arnold? Not really. I'm kind of going off into a daze. It's getting sultry in here. A little moment to yourself there. That, so of course, was uh, Bob Hoskins. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was uh, Jessica Rabbit voiced by uh, Kathleen Turner. Kathleen well, not Turner. in that scene. I think the other professional singer. I think you have to put the sexy that. on the Kathleen Turner. Like yeah, that voice. just exhale it. Kathleen Turner. Oh, that's the way to do it. Yeah. You make a good voice actor. Thank you. Um, so, obviously, Jessica Rabbit there. What a lady. Yeah, she was, uh, like, she was, she, uh, okay, so. <laughs> it's just the way she was drawn. Yeah, she's not bad. She's just uh, animated that way. Um, so Kathleen Turner was the voice, obviously. Uh, but I, I wonder who did the actual singing voice. I think it was someone vaguely famous. I can't remember now exactly who it was, but... Christina she, Aguilera. Exactly. Yeah. It was. I believe it was uh, Britney Spears. <laughs> Back in mid-80s. Uh. Um, oh, that's a brilliant character. And obviously wasn't uh, in any other sequels, prequels, anything else as well. So No, yeah. Not that I Just in of. the dreams of a young Rory Cash. And the steamroller bit, and that was trauma- traumatic as well. Very oh, scary. Really Christopher... Scary Lloyd? Yeah, Le- it is, yeah. <laughs> Christopher Lee. I nearly said Lambert yeah. as well. So. <laughs> Christopher L. All the Chris L's, but um, he was terrifying. Jessica Go Rabbit is a great show. Go on, Owen, give us one of your five answers there. No, you? well, okay. Okay. Okay, so I I'm went trying f- to think in Owen's brain. Okay, right. here we go. Right. My very predictable brain. Right. If you think of every answer Owen has given, has essentially either been <laughs> old school or Star Anchorman. Wars. Yeah. So I'm trying to think what is the- <laughs> even the sound guy's laughing. <laughs> Stop it. So I'm trying to think what is the '80s kids <laughs> equivalent of a group of a group of males going on like a stupid adventure. Okay. And I'm curious. This kind of fits into that, so it does. Does it? Oh, what were you, what were you going to go for? I my guess was mm-hmm. that you said something from the Goonies. No, I actually didn't. Do you know I didn't see the Goonies until years later. I completely missed that when I was a child. My answer is from the Goonies. It's not. Uh, my answer is actually from 1990. 1990s. 1990s. 1980s. Die Hard, and it was Hans Gruber. Nice. Okay. Played by Alan Rickman. Evil, bearded, Beethoven-loving, bastardy genius of a villain. Um, but the reason I picked him, because this is where the sequels thinks. Obviously, he doesn't appear in anything in the sequels. Mm-hmm. His brother does. Uh, but his brother does. <laughs> we didn't save family members. Um, but just because he's one of the most quietly charming and menacing uh, bad guys to ever appear in the big screen. And was Alan Rickman's first ever big Movie screen role, role as well. Yeah. When he was 42. Two years old, so there's hope for us all if we ever want to. He did have an incredibly successful theatre career before that, though. Yeah, like he had talent. He wasn't just like I'm just going to try this out. Yeah, and but, see like, how it goes. But he's jam packed full of uh, amazing lines. But uh, this is one of my favourite moments from uh, <laughs> Hans Gruber in Die Hard. I wanted this to be professional, efficient, adult, cooperative. Not a lot to ask. Alas, your Mr. Takagi did not see it that way, so he won't be joining us for the rest of his life. Amazing. So we can go anywhere you want. You can walk out of here or be carried out. It's the diction, isn't it? It's the delivery. No illusions. No illusions. We are in charge. 
his accent is amazing. Then obviously he got to do an American accent as well and yeah. pretend he was an amazing. You're one of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, other amazing lines. I will count to three. There will not be a four. Nice and, suit, uh, John. John Ford, London. I've got one myself or something. Yeah. yeah whenever he's like, in the lift. But like, <laughs> I could talk about men's fashion all day. <laughs> so it's um. So my answer, yeah, was Hans Gruber. But I don't know. Does that count then? Oh well, yeah. Under Paul's yeah, rules is the so, question. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Under Rory's, no. But it's Paul's big question. Paul's so big question. You shut your mouth, Rory. Okay then. So, Paul, I have a theory as to why. <laughs> Is it Die Hard? It's not Die Hard, but it has been mentioned, and I think this clip tells you everything you need to know about this particular character. But the worst thing I ever done, I mixed up all this fake puke at home. Are you kidding? I went to the <laughs> hid the puke in my jacket, climbed up to the balcony, and then, then I made a noise like this. And then I dumped it over the side. I had all the people in the audience. Then, then this was horrible. All the people started getting sick and throwing up all over each other. I never felt so bad in my entire life. That is, of course, the truffle shuffling himself chunk from the Goonies. Uh, Rory, you chunk. nailed it. You got it right, but yeah. just the wrong person. Yeah, just like my psychic abilities just ever. So <laughs> they were just off. slightly off. Well, myself and Paul normally do pick. Uh, I was very tempted to go. Anyway. I was very tempted to go for mouth for that. Was it? I want the Vila skeleton. Uh, Dom Perignon 1981 uh, that she just grabs him and cuts his tongue out definitely but uh, Adagoonie's a film that stayed with me as a kid and I still watch it uh, nearly every every few months just always makes me always makes me laugh any other honourable mentions that who were on your shortlist for the greatest uh, standalone character from 1980s I was thinking like like Stand By Me came to mind yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it was a big one Ferris Bueller is a massive one mm. and then See, there's, a, there's a counter argument against Bueller that like I the, the principal him. was actually oh, really? the law abiding one Bueller was just a little I shit I hated Bueller I did, did you actually yeah, I watched that film quite late in my like mid 20s and I was like I hate him <laughs> you don't like him um, I purple uh, what do you call him Headmaster Rooney mm. um, got a really tough time <laughs> he was just trying to get his kids he also got a Dutch from Predator he's good like anyone <laughs> yeah. in Predator that didn't come back you know and then the other shows. one um, but it would kind of there would be sequels as well but not with him uh Jack Nicholson is the Joker as well. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, great question. So let us know who your favourite characters from standalone 19 Grady's films are. But now, though, it's time for our example high clue this Ooh. week. This is our little example riddle where you just have to guess uh, guess the film that's hidden in among the three lines. And Paul, you were writing one this week. No, I wasn't. Oh, no, you weren't. <laughs> Rory, Rory. Oh, no, I even had that there. Rory, you were writing one this week. Yes, I, I was. Isn't that right, Paul? Yes. Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah. we're not? We're not making this up as we go along at all. Okay, uh, I actually gave uh, Paul kind of a warning yesterday as I, was, as I was making this up. I was like, this one, I've done this one slightly differently. Okay. A sexy warning. It's a sexy warning. Um, you've got your pens ready? I've got my sexy pen ready. Uh, Let's go. Get, get oh. your pens out. Get your here we go. Right, ready. Ooh. Oh, there's the storm again blowing it's us. Ghost. Ali. <laughs> okay, long run ends badly. Got it. Great. Long run ends badly. Okay. Iceless Titanic sinker. 
Iceless Titanic Sinker. Donald's Dream. Mm-hmm. Comma. Mm-hmm. Meatball. <laughs> Two words. Okay, a couple of questions. Uh, no, no questions. Titanic. No, no Cap- questions at the start. <laughs> <laughs> no questions, please. <laughs> Capital T for Titanic. Uh, yes. Uh, Donald's Dream. That's Donald apostrophe S then. Dream. Is meat M-E-E-T or M-E-A-T? Like the meat, like the, like food, meat. the food substance. Meatball, but not all one word. Yes. Not a meatball. So long run ends bad. Long run ends badly. Five. Iceless Titanic sinker. Seven. Donald's dream meatball. Five. Okay. We got ourselves a high clue. Yes, you do. We do, we don't. We don't got an answer. <laughs> okay, so long run ends badly. I just Titanic don't even think sinker. I have a Donald's dream. A theory or even a There's suggestion. no end. There's no little well, the Titanic sinker is obviously the iceberg. Iceberg, who was, yeah. It was captaining the Titanic. It's just your man with the beard, but he's not but really a famous actor. Is none of them were really Billy Zane wasn't responsible for sinking the Titanic. But Iceless as well. More, so. It could be an actor in Titanic. Think more l- like actually, literally, literally. Literally. Iceberg. Oh, who was sunk Read with again. the Titanic? Iceless Titanic sinker? <laughs> Read that bit again, I just did. Oh, I don't, I don't have it. Donald's dream meatball. Donald's... What Donald's? We got Donald Trump. S- Sutter- Donald Sutherland, Glover. Sutherland. Donald Sutherland. Donald's dream meatball. That's yeah, a good one. Long run ends badly. Okay, I think we're going to have to come back to that one because I'm... Isis Titanic Tinker, like Titanic Iceberg Peterberg, something like that, is it? Oh. Is that something along those lines? Rory's eyes say the that kingdom, might be on the right, the the king, right track. Uh, what did Friday Night Lights, The Kingdom, Welcome to the Jungle. Um, that's uh, a uh, Lone Survivor, singer. Deepwater Horizon. I just think... Oh, I have a feeling I have a feeling Peter Berg but I could be on the complete no I think side. you're definitely right with a Berg anyway because yeah yeah Titanic Sinker is the iceberg very bad what did he do very he did, know, he like did, one of the movies this week it was a Peter Berg movie he did very oh. bad th- very bad things <laughs> that's a great film actually not many people have seen very bad okay so we got Peter Berg okay for now though oh no let's go to the movies <laughs> you don't deserve to play this because you haven't got oh I enjoy actually talking over it <laughs> <laughs> You're like, everybody speaks like it doesn't More exist. talking. These are the top 10 films in the Irish box office this week. Number 10 is the first of our brand new entries. There are four new entries this week. Uh, it was jam-packed uh, in cinemas. It was King of Thieves starring Michael Caine, Tom Courtney, Michael Gambon is in there as well, and Roy Winston mm-hmm. um, as four elderly thieves uh, who is actually based on a real-life uh, robbery from a few years back where they uh, attempted a London-based robbery and nobody suspected just a, a bunch of oil lads would be <laughs> up for doing that. When I, It's like a really OAP version of American Animals. Was Michael Caine not in a version of this like five years ago with Alan Alda oh. and Morgan Freeman. Morgan Las Freeman Vegas. as well. Las Vegas, is that the one? No, no, he wasn't that with Michael Douglas, but there was another one. And it was directed by Zach Braff. Yeah, they all like got their pensions cancelled yeah. or something. And they're like, and no one will ever suspect us old fogies of stealing our uh, money back from the bank. Yeah, so Michael Caine, listen, if you're interested, he's either made uh, a British version of it uh, or he's made an American version, so he probably does the same accent in both of them, I my, would imagine. My cocaine. That's the one. Uh, number nine this week is Hotel Transylvania 3, a monstrification, which is a bit of a trap from five, but you must, still, be, you must be happy, I'm though. still not convinced that it's going to disappear yet. Number eight is Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Rory, you're still crying from having seen that film. Yep, I, uh, yep. 
<laughs> yeah, he doesn't like to talk about it. Uh, and that's fine, even though it's a film podcast. Number seven is Christopher Robin. Uh, Cara O'Doherty was in a couple of weeks back. She wasn't the world's biggest fan of that film. Number six. I like, sorry, I like that none of us are in a rush to to review that one. Which one? Christopher Robin. It's well, been like, in the top ten and we're like, I don't Cara's, want to see it. Cara's, and like, Cara's, the way she was talking about it, I was kind of like, I'm not overly yeah. frustrated. I'm not, uh, I'll, I'll wait until that is available on my remote control And home. even then I'd be like, mm. <laughs> Maybe not even then. And uh, number six, Black Klansman. Uh, we're all big fans of that. It obviously went up to number one in the box office and uh, has dropped down to number six there, but still doing really well off the back of word of mouth. And our next new entry in the top ten films at the Irish box office is number five The House with a Clock on Its Walls now we do have a full review of this coming up and an interview with two of the stars Kate Blanchett and Jack Black um, so we will talk about that very shortly but the reason it's not officially released yet and the way films do this where they're like oh, we're, we're not actually released until next week but we're just going to put it out there anyway over a full weekend so it's obviously made a bunch of money enough so that it's got up to a decent position <laughs> having not been officially released so um which is a bit of a signal for other films like The Predator at number four, which uh, obviously probably didn't do as well as uh, as some people were hoping it was going to. Me and Rory have had a bit of a <gasps> oh, Dylan, Dylan Ernie handshake back and forth like the, the arm wrestle. So, Paul, um, you got a chance to catch up with Boyd Holbrook, so you can check that out in one of our bonus features. And as well as that, you were a big fan of the film, or it was more that it paid homage to yeah, the original I, film. I, I do think it had... A, some gaping flaws and a way I describe it would be a, 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 like a, one of those charts that goes up and down and up and down when it's good it's, it's very, I'm with it but there's some mm. big points in it that left me questioning yeah. things but the gore and the set pieces left me leaving the cinema with more and more of a high down a low but when you think about it and go back you're thinking oh why did that happen yeah why did that happen but in terms of fan lip service, I left the cinema happy, but I'm be curious to see it again. Yeah, but you had a good time when you were I there. Did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And that's and that's the whole point, Rory. You hate all nice things in life. Uh, so oh, well, <laughs> what, did you, what did you what did you think of the Predator? <laughs> the Predator, I did not hate as much as the Nun. Uh, I didn't feel as betrayed by Paul bringing me into this review <laughs> as yours of the Nun. But uh, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was pretty weak. Uh, overall, I thought the, I thought the plot was quite bad. I thought uh, as a finished product, it was just kind of was a total tonal mess. Uh, special effects were in places un- unbelievably bad, um, and even in terms of the references, like there's one uh, early on where, where they see a bunch of motorcycles. Oh yeah, and that was like the first proper like. Nod towards the original, and I let out such a groan. And I was tell not- me, was it about chopper motorcycles? Yes, right. Okay, uh, but it was like we have to catch up with this bus. Let's get to the choppers. And I was like, <laughs> you see, I think that's funny. Uh, but like, it's predators not supposed to be funny. I know <laughs> predators they are pretty good. Predators not supposed to be funny. Like it's like the whole thing of predator is that the first half hour 45 minutes is like macho man and we're gonna save the world and then it's a horror film because they realize they're completely out of their depth with this like intergalactic killing machine and with the predator it's just everyone's really like well quips quips oh you just get your head blown off uh, quips quips some more (laughs) i was like no was there anything you liked about it Hmm. olivia munn i thought was pretty good in it and did you uh, like the gore like when the predator starts messing things up i didn't see that was the thing in in the original one even in the second one the gore like 
it was it felt substantial like mm. when uh, what's his name Billy gets his is it Billy? Uh, Billy's the one who uh, no, 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 kind of with the knife and he goes oh no the other guy uh, with the pain, old painless oh uh, Blaine Blaine when he dies it's like you see his chest like like bust out and it's super violent and this everything was really like fast and and uh, it kept it, it kept cutting like the edits were too were too quick and I was like what's happening what and it was just like uh, everything was too kinetic I couldn't mm. it wouldn't settle down to be like oh okay that was that was violent it felt like CGI violence okay so we got two schools of thought so if you've seen The Predator do let us know uh, are you uh, on Paul's side or are you on Rory's side I'm going to make people choose between you. Hashtag. Is that okay? Team Hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hashtag Predators Sophie's Choice. Ooh. Okay. Uh, number three is our uh, highest new entry this week. It's Crazy Rich Asians. And what are we calling that for short? Crasians. Crasians. And this was expertly reviewed by Rory's mammy last week. Is your mammy back again this week? She isn't. But having seen. God damn it. Having seen Crasians, she was spot on. With, oh, right. with okay. every aspect of it was like, very accurate. it's romantic it's not too romantic it's funny and it is a bit more modern I was like yeah that's right yeah I have nothing to add to that can you see why it's making a bucket load of money though yeah well representation who would have thought that like films with women Wonder Woman would do well films with African Americans Black Panther would do well it's almost like minorities are crying out for representation on screen yep. uh, I saw it there yesterday it's apparently it's the first of a trilogy of books so it's done unbelievably well at the box office I wasn't as big a fan of it as uh, some of the reviews I've read I thought it was a bit too porn this is, this is wealth this is porn for what did you say are, wealth porn yeah oh, it's narcissist it, it's like MTV Cribs with some annoying characters some and like one character is the only one the girl with the, the Asian Ellen they describe her as she was cool she was interesting oh Aquafina yeah and then the rest are really narcissistic and it's almost like let's go to meet one rich person then we'll go to this rich person's house and it takes an hour until the plot kicks in which is essentially a very old Chinese family don't approve of um, a Chinese American coming in to meet them but it takes a long time to get to that conflict and you yeah. get all that in the trailer yeah. as well yeah. it's an awful lot of time uh, to get yeah. there and it's it, it's nice it has the nice tropes there's, it's, there's some beautiful scenery very over the top romantic stuff I mean but uh, yeah it just didn't have an awful lot of charm for me it sounded very kind of shallow I thought but I obviously so that's shallow. the point yeah. it was so shallow like everyone was like look at this lavish yeah. house look at this lavish party look at look and one of them like the wedding I was like what like it was I, la- I laughed at that bit when they're holding the lights and uh, you see them coming down they, f- the they flooded a church so yeah. she could come in I was like <laughs> what what is happening like it, it was it was ridiculous but uh, but I'm delighted to see it doing well because as you yeah. said you do need representation and it, it is was, nice to see and it's nice to see something that isn't LA or Hollywood or London on screen this is Singapore which mm. I've never really seen too much That's on screen like a bomb and it's a beautiful it? location yeah uh, yeah but it's cute though it's fine it's not amazing but oh. it's fine and it's if it means bringing back the rom-com great because you miss rom-coms undergone 100% 100% 100%, 100%. 100%. 100%. alright uh, speaking of rom-coms number two this week is The Nun Rory's favourite film yeah have you come to terms with how much you actually secretly love this film Rory yes I'm in The Nun closet <laughs> um no no. no, it's and I'm. I've heard a lot of people in the in the week, like people hate this film. Yes, yeah. Um, in, yeah. In fairness, it goes to show you how good James Wan was in the Conjuring Two for five <laughs> yeah. minutes of a character to like 
that's what people want to see. But so the like, kind it, of, like it, it could have been great. Oh, it, that, the imagery it alone is great. <laughs> <laughs> but this is uh, now a lot of people expected this to have a, a, a major drop off. It was number one last week that it would fall down the chart quite quickly, but it's still holding on all right up there. Number two, it'll be fine till Halloween. Uh, yeah, it'll true. Hang on, true. And brilliant news for Irish film uh, in the brand new number one spot uh, this week is Black Forty Seven, which uh, reached number two, which was the highest uh, performance by an Irish film this year. Um, so I'd say everyone over at Wildcard Distribution, congratulations to them because um, I'd say they're over the moon with the fact they've jumped up to number one. It is apparently the first Irish film to be on top of the Irish film charts in over 1,000 days. Holy moly. Yeah. That's incredible. Oh, like what, Brooklyn, was it the last one? Yeah. yeah. Unreal. Um, long overdue. And uh, as well, I was checking out the UK box office. Uh, Black 47 actually got in there at number 10 yeah, the Ooh, Gar- as well. The Guardian gave it a really good review as well. So I'm, I'm actually curious to see, obviously, the subject matter, to see how it's received by the English audience as well yeah. just, just a, yeah. out of interest um, but no so that's a brilliant work and uh, you can catch up with uh, all of our Black 47 interviews we have Hugo Weaving there and we also have another b- b- bonus feature uh, with Lance Daly the director and Stephen Ray one of the stars as well so all things Black 47 there for you now though it's time for the big interviews on the big review ski and we've got a couple for you this week and up first it's Kate Blanchett and Jack Black both of whom are going to be big stars Big stars. I, see I can feel it. Uh, for their brand new film, The House with a Clock on Its Walls. And Paul, go and give us a wee bit of context just about uh, this film. I know you said it's kind of a, a wee bit of a love letter to films from the 1980s. Yeah, kind of like uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark meets Harry Potter vibe to it. Um, a young orphan goes to live with his uncle, who's played by Jack Black. Uh, he's a warlock. And his next door neighbour, Miss Zimmerman, played by Kate Blanchett, um, they have to uncover a mystery of a house with a clock in its walls but it's a doomsday clock ticking down and when I met them they were absolutely lovely told Kate and uh, Rory said hello after a few weeks ago their best buds of course and, uh, how did she react? oh positively <laughs> you were removed from the interview security <laughs> only wanted to know about Rory actually I had about five minutes to do but she would have filled it up just on Rory Cash and Chat as anyone would um, but just no. five minutes though because <laughs> nothing to talk about um, and in the film they're fantastic together they have a real kind of uh, Billy Wilder kind of old school romantic comedy vibe like they exchange the one-liners and the zingers back and forth they ask about that and Jack Black gets to play the saxophone when he nearly ups his good friend Will Ferrell for the jazz flute so that comes up in the interview as well it's jazz flute jazz, jazz flute, flute. <laughs> yes um, so this is Paul Moore's chat with the wonderful Kate Blanchett and Jack Black Jack Kate it's an absolute pleasure to chat to you I love this film so much more fun than anyone my age should ever rightfully have in the cinema good it's such a film thank can you can I ask you when you were growing up was there a particular scene or a film that really scared you as a kid that stayed with you even into your adult lives? Mm. Oh, I watched a film with Betty Davis called Scream Pretty Peggy Scream mm. about um, uh, a sculptor who used to kill people and put them inside gargoyles. Ooh. That was pretty scary. Mm. Mm. I was into horror, which is why I loved working with Eli yeah. Roth on this. The master himself, Chuck. Uh, the Shining uh, is one Classic. of my favorites of all time, and uh, Jack Nicholson really—he's scary, just generally. Yeah. <laughs> you believed, you believed it. And when he was in that that uh, when he was locked up in that chest, in that ice chest, but he seemed so devilishly confident that he was going to escape. There's something terrifyingly sinister about that performance, uh, and also The Exorcist. I know this is not a kid's movie we're talking about here, but <laughs> I saw it when I was young, 
And there's that one moment where there's just a little flash of a demon face. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Oh, there's yeah. like a black screen and just a flash of this like this like white face uh uh scary Oh yeah. yeah. Did you see Jacob's bladder? That oh yeah. Oh, oh, dream sequence. Oh. Was, yeah. I love your parents, by the way, for showing the Exorcist when you're a kid. So they're great. They didn't show it. <laughs> I went or, I went out and watched it with my heavy metal friends because there's nothing more heavy metal than yeah, like yeah. A, a an exorcism. I absolutely <laughs> loved this film. The back and forth between you remind me of like a Billy Wilder script. Just the the, the banter and the, just the quickness. Was that hatred instantaneous? Or did you work off camera to really dislike each other, you know? <laughs> well, that's where the acting began. Because <laughs> yes. uh, I love Kate. Yeah. Uh, and I, I would never I like insult Jack. her. It's so but, good. you know, we only really feel comfortable insulting the ones that we love. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. I'd say, say the exact same thing. Both of you actually had spent a bit of time in Ireland. Jack, you would have toured with the band. And Kate, you would have filmed Veronica Gear. And any particular memories? Obviously, Irish journalist myself. Well, one comes to mind for me. One time, Tenacious D opened for Metallica in Dublin, uh, in Marley Park, I believe. Yeah. And I remember having a pint of Guinness afterwards, and it was the sweetest, most delicious <laughs> pint I'd ever yes, had. Yes, you maintain that the Guinness tastes better in Ireland. I think it does taste different. I'm not making that up, right? Well, it must I, be the water, I think right? It's, well, I think it's piped in directly you from guys have the, the world Guinness. I have. Right. And Kate, yourself, you was at uh, Wicklow, I think, with a lot of Veronica here, when we're correct in saying, and based in Dublin. Yeah, it was really weird when I was there because the, the case, the, the murder case was being reopened. So the whole thing was, you know. Mm. But, you know, I, I stayed out in Dorky. Yeah. And that was my, the right. sound of the sea. Nice stuff. Jack, I have to say, uh, I know you're a strong method actor. The saxophone scene, that was all you, right? That was all me, and believe it, it or not, our ears. it was the first time I had ever played saxophone was on this film. I know what you're thinking. Impossible, Jack. Those sweet, melodic sounds had to be from a master saxophonist. Uh, my sister is actually a really great saxophone player, and she was there to consult in the wings. It reminded me of your good friend uh, Will Farrell in the film you starred with as well, Anchorman. I mean, I think you, I think you matched him, and I think you went that a little bit more. So you can say that to him. I don't think Will was really playing the flute <laughs> in that amazing solo. <laughs> so thank you. That is one of my favorite scenes I've ever seen. Uh, God, geez, I apart from kicking Baxter, I mean, you must get that all the time. Oh yeah, no, I had, I had good times. <laughs> uh, with, that's the only time I've been in a Will Farrell joint, and uh, uh, I always hope that that our paths will cross again. The big news today, aside from the house with the clock in its walls, big news that's breaking the internet, the Tenacious D, we're back. Oh, yeah. We're back. Kate, as far as I'm concerned, as where you correct me if I'm wrong, musical you haven't done. Am I right in saying this? Uh, no. Jack, is there room? Is there room for Kate? Planchet. There's the Tenacious always D. room for I can Kate. Play, I can play the spoons. Oh, my God. I got, really? a, I got a three-octave range. Okay, well, when we come to town, if you would come out and do a spoon solo. Totally. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Totally. <laughs> Talk about breaking the internet. That would be just going crazy. Do you, does she need to audition? Is there any track? I just know when I look into the wings, I say, it's time. She's going to be like, you're going to pull the plug on that spoon solo. So we'll I, see. I will practice the spoons. But do you reckon the spoons, I mean, it's pretty loud. Oh, I, yeah. I need a kind of to be. I need an ambient mic to get the sound of the spoons over your. No, everything you know. you'll hear pin drop when you when you get step up to okay. the microphone with those spoons. 
everything will go silent. And we're not going to be playing behind <laughs> just you. Pitch at the start of like it's a proper solo. The Thunderstruck, yeah. you shook me all night long on spoons. You think you can practice that game? <laughs> Actually, there was an Irish pub near near the the um, suburb where I was growing up. And they, they said, if you played an instrument, you got free beer. And there was an old Irishman who used to come in every day and he'd sit in the corner and play the book. What? <laughs> <laughs> he would play the book. And he'd get, he'd get free beer all day. Was Did he, he play it well? Or was he, he played the book like nobody else would play the book. It was he used like to a open real... and shut a book and he got free beer. And it was as long like as you would play an instrument, this Irish pub would give you free beer. <laughs> okay, I hope he was your best friend for your time in Ireland. You yeah, I learned again. a lot from that man. Well, guys, I have to say, congratulations on the film. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, when you're opening and playing with Jack, I'll go see you and we'll get we'll let you know. Film. Have a look around. You're perfectly safe. Safe? As long as it's fed. Do you know what a warlock is, Lewis? A boy witch. I think they're a little more than boy witches. Are you saying that you're a warlock? Please teach me, please, please. Okay, have it your way. I can give you the right books, teach you the right spells, but that last 1%, that's up to you. I don't want the creepy little rock. Think I want them? Lucky shot. I have a real soft spot for these kind of I love the Saturday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, yeah. the and really visual uh, clip. <laughs> yeah, oh, <there> always <laughs> is. Uh, Jack Black is making a he's a, he's like nailing these now because he released Goosebumps a couple of years Did ago. Did you like Goosebumps? I thought it was fine. Thought it was a bit of fun. Like you know, when I was sitting down one day and I was like, "What will I watch now?" And I was like, oh, "There's Goosebumps." Kind of an hour and a half just rattles through. Bit of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you obviously hated it. I didn't hate it. I just, well, like, if someone was like, oh, this is like another Goosebumps, we're like, oh, no. Oh, that would actually put you off a little yeah. bit more. Well, Paul, what did you think of it? I really enjoyed it. Uh, as I mentioned there in the preview, what really makes it excel is uh, bizarrely the writing, because the back and forth between Blanchett and uh, Jack Black is very, very funny. And uh, there's some great one-liners. You can see they're really enjoying just tearing strips off each other. As you'd expect, Kate Blanchett, she's magnificent whenever she's on screen, as she is in pretty much everything. And Black is what you'd expect the manic larger than life the energy jumps off screen what it uh, might surprise you is that this is directed by Eli Roth yes the Eli Roth of Hostel <laughs> yeah. and uh, um, the uh, Green green, holo- green Holocaust or what was the Green Inferno the, uh, this uh, is what he didn't film. do the Meg for exactly yeah so the name alone would intrigue you and he does tailor the scares I mean he, it is an Amblin production so it does hark back to kind of that Gremlins Goonies kind of pushing the, the 12 PG to um to its limits um the set pieces are very good the effects is, is, are very decent but the problem kind of with the film I found is that because Black and Blanche are so good together you do notice when they're not on screen and obviously the main character is a 12 year old boy Lewis who moves to this house to um basically live with his uncle who is a warlock it does suffer and the quality does drop um, is he not it, a good actor he's he's okay but it's just it's very noticeable that mm. he's a kid he, paul that's really lousy yeah but like jason <laughs> jason <laughs> tremblay jacob tremblay jacob yeah tremblay, like they are good <laughs> he's one of the world's greatest actors <laughs> and also they they introduce a subplot about um uh, a friend of of jack black i won't give it too much away who's uh, kind of an evil warlock in a kind of voldemort harry potter-esque mode um and that kind of just feels a bit tacked on at the end it comes in quite late they, it is quite good at hinting at stuff like that but it, then they bring in a, a girlfriend of his and it just felt a bit 
shoehorned in at the last minute was whereas opposed to maybe building it slowly by slowly but um one thing i will say about this and this isn't to hark back from the quality the set design this is stunning i mean i'm a big fan of like practical effects like that you know the cave and the goonies and stuff like that and you do get that sense of um wonder kind of uh remind me a bit of the haunting the liam neeson film which wasn't the best Ooh, film but was terrible. <laughs> didn't look up Ooh. but it has the kind of creaky old school gothic hammer vibe like to- um Crimson Peak. Yes, exactly. That's that's the tone. Probably the best thing you could describe it in recent releases. As I said, it really shines when Black and Blanchard are added together because um, you can see she's clearly having a ball. I mean, between Thor and Ocean's Eight, she's kind of now in a very yeah, interesting definitely. period, you know. Yeah. And Black is like he can do these characters in his sleep, but um, yeah, it's it's fun and it is a re. It has remind me of Jumanji, which at the time is probably just a very average film but kind of grew in reverence throughout the years and people kind of hold it in the same regard as like your small soldiers and uh, stuff like that that a three star film which if you watch it as a kid you just elevate that bit more and I'd be curious because I think children who go to watch this will really like it because all kids like to be scared in any film you know uh, I remember like really horrific stuff in the Goonies and the Witches and stuff and Eli Roth is very good at handling it but he does mix the CG stuff with a lot of good practical stuff which I mentioned so it's a fun time out um, I'm just very curious to see how it does uh, for everybody because it is a kind of an odd one to market because it is as you mentioned you do get the Goosebumps Harry Potter vibe and there's a clear market for that but it's uh, it's based on a book as well so it does there is other stuff coming it's just the one book um, I think there's four, there three or four I think more houses with more clocks yeah. and, and more walls and uh, with other time pieces yeah. and it's set in the 50s as well so the production design is, is great and stuff like that but um, what makes it a bit different is I really enjoyed the, the standard of writing between uh, Black and Blanchett so if you're a kid going in at 12 um, I think you're kind of mind will be blown by it as well yeah and it's obviously done really well as we said it was only on preview release so far and it's already up to number five so uh, we expect to see that up higher in the chart next week uh, one of the other big releases this week is Lenny Abramson's it's just not great it's a it's a tough name to it's say a like. lot of word letters Lenny my, Ab- my pal Lenny there we go my pal Lenny uh, um, his brand new film The Little Stranger and uh, he's done some obviously his last uh Big release was Room, which was just loved the world over. One of the last and films I cried at. Room. Was it? Yeah. Did you like Room? The yeah. little bit when she's looking in the mirror and then the kid walks in. Yeah, that always got me. I thought it was a pretty. Uh, I thought it was a pretty special film. All yeah. right, yeah. Um, so he's one of Irish uh, or Ireland's um, hottest talents, and again, he's teaming up with Donald Gleeson here. The pair of them work together on Frank. They have a very kind of well good working relationship and as well they're just really really good friends um so this is their latest one now and it's based on a novel uh and gleason stars as a as a doctor called faraday who um whenever he was a kid uh he was taken to this massive kind of beautiful house uh and then he comes back years later and the place is quite decrepit and there's uh, a bit of a weird family uh living there um so you have ruth wilson who most people would know from uh, Lofa. Um, which I said the affair oh the affair as well that's right Um, so she's got a really good uh, TV background there as well but um, and she kind of she plays these kind of characters really well because she's got that really interesting face yes where one moment you look and she's like she's really beautiful and then she like she'll just you even see it in the trailer as well the way she just kind of creases it up Um, so plays those kind of uh, kind of spooky characters uh, really well and you've also got Will Poulter uh, who's got a really strong connection with Irish filmmaking as well because he was in Glassland a few years back Um, no not Glassland, was it? Yeah. It was Glassland. Yeah, with Jack Rayner and Trust Tony Collett as well. I believe <laughs> me. But uh, so this is the latest release. As we said, it's not about uh, President Michael T. Higgins. 
uh, it's about a different little stranger. No. Um, so uh, I had a chance to catch up with Mr. Gleason and my pal Lainey. I can't even say Lainey now. Lainey. Lainey Abrahamson. <laughs> um, and we chatted about uh, the film, of course, and I tried to get in the obligatory questions about Star Wars, but not really about they Star Wars. For out, Donald, they? Oh, they always trying. work the fantastically. Well, so you die in Star Wars, yeah? Here's the chat. Here we go. Lenny and Dono, it's wonderful to see you again, and congratulations on uh, The Little Stranger. First of all, when the three of us chatted before, as collectively, as a group for Frank, uh, I think about four years ago, Lenny, you were saying that the process of bringing out a new film and watching it with an audience was like uh, being peeled yes. in front of everybody. That's and Dono made that exact face when you said that is as that, well. Yeah, that is, I, it yeah. remains disgusting. It's actually <laughs> Mark Halloran's analogy. He says, like, peeling a prawn. That's what he feels like. <laughs> oh, God. That's a great description. So but I was wondering, what's the, what's the unpeeling process been like for The Little Stranger? That's an interesting question. Um, I haven't had that, the experience of watching it with a... Uh, with a big audience yet and I've avoided that because it's generally it is a really nerve-wracking thing um, but I've li- I like the effect the film has I have watched it with audiences at various points along the way of you know leading up to finishing it and I've loved the effect on audiences because they get really quiet and very involved and so it's a kind of um, it feels solid as a film you know atmospherically and and, and, and in terms of how it unfolds so I feel maybe a little bit more uh, what, like my, my external skeleton is still intact at the moment. You haven't been fully peeled. I haven't been fully peeled. Fully peeled. Uh, well, Donald, you can look forward to being peeled with uh, some I, audience. I, I some do. <laughs> yeah, I look forward to it very much. Um, <laughs> you both know what it's like to uh, be involved in adaptations of best-selling books, but uh, obviously that jump from the book to the big screen. Um, have you had any particularly... Uh, you know, in, uh, interesting encounters with rabid book lovers in the past, whether it was for Room or Brooklyn or anything like that? Generally, you know, generally, the, if the film is successful, even if it's slightly different to the book, people will be okay with it. I mean, you know, but I, I, in this case, I think it's unusual in that, you know, Sarah Waters is such a fan of it and the people who have loved the book, who've gone to see it, have actually really enjoyed it as well and have felt it remains true to it. So... Generally, I don't think I've had a bad one. No, and, and because Sarah's been so kind of, it's given it her stamp, mm. um, I think that gives permission to people who love the book to go and watch it and, and not, not be sort of waiting to, to pick holes or whatever. Be offended on her behalf. It, exactly. Thing, yeah. um, and with Room, uh, generally speaking, really, really positive. The only time I had anybody um, who didn't sort of respond so well, it was somebody who had decided to read the book on the plane to the festival to see the film. Good move. And yeah. which I thought was a terrible mistake because it's right in your head. And 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 it's it, like I don't think it's possible for a film to clear away that level of kind of you know imagined stuff no. in, in the way that it needs to. So there's always one. There's always one. Um, there's a particularly uh, scary scene uh, with the attack on a young child in the film. Whenever you're filming something like that uh, I don't know how many takes you do, obviously, but is there a moment where you think to yourself, I, you know, I think we've got it in terms of the right level of scariness? Because obviously it has to go through edits and everything else. Yeah. But well, the, the thing about that scene is you don't see the event itself. It's off camera. So that, that was one thing. And then, yeah, because the way we shot that sequence, we shot it, the, the scene before it is very structured. Mm. But that scene 
itself, we wanted to inject with a kind of different sort of energy. So we shot a handheld, and and so there are, there's a way, you know, it's so much of that's going to get made in the edit that you don't have to be quite so precise about mm, how much in the frame do I see that. You know, yeah. if it's too much, you just won't use that bit. Um, but actually, that those those things in this film were quite were really quite easy to do. The stuff that was hard in A Little Stranger is the really delicate. Uh, drama stuff between the characters because mm. it is ultimately really a, a drama and um, and it's a very unusual one and a very subtle one and the relationship between Donal and Ruth being at the centre of the story is is the one that was the one we really had to work on most carefully. Now Donal, uh, obviously you've played bad men before and in a way Faraday I suppose is kind of a more mundane kind of a bad man. Uh, well, that's why I was kind of reading him anyway. But uh, between your other villainous characters, are you just slowly moving into, like, I just want people to dislike me and be frightened of me in general? Or do you feel this kind of, I'm going through a period of, like, I like these kind of characters? One too many kind of, you know, wrong orders given to me in restaurants. I'm just like, if people were more scared, maybe I'd get what I ordered. Maybe you get what you want. Yeah, I yeah. think that's the, that's the level. I, I, don't, I wouldn't think of him as being a bad man. I think he's got... Um, badness in him the way that everybody does i just think that the society that he grew up in the family he grew up in they planted like has planted a lot of seeds in him that have the potential of kind of you know uh really not turning into very nice trees is that yeah a, right is, is that a metaphor <laughs> that's there? seeds acorns uh, uh-huh. the orchard of the, of his childhood led to a could lead to a rotten apple it's beautiful. Uh, uh, yeah. It's Fucking beautiful. Nailed it. Now, if you don't mind me saying that, it's now, just I should, be, I should be writing that down. <laughs> That's the next Somebody one. Somebody will. Yeah. That's yeah. the next one. Um, whenever you were both growing up, was there a particular moment uh, from a film, whether it is a scary film or not, uh, but a particular scene or character that just has, still to this day, from your childhood, has just haunted you? The child catcher mm. in, what's the name of that movie? Chitty Chitty Bang Chitty Chitty Bang. Bang. Yeah, he was, Bang. Yeah, he was really scary. Um... I think it's probably films around that period for me as well. I think stuff that happens to you when you're about six or seven, God, it's always yeah. the stuff that sticks. Um, but then I remember probably watching something from a horror on telly when I shouldn't have at some point. And I've got an image of like a dark doorway, which I can go to in my head, but I don't know what the movie was. Or maybe it was real. Very possibly real. Are you excited about each other's upcoming projects? Because obviously you've talked about those, and obviously you can't tell us anything about anything ever. Um, well, yeah, but I don't know. I, I know that you're doing the Sally Rooney uh, mm-hmm. adaptation. That's been made public, and I'm very excited about that. Public, it's um, fine. We can yeah. talk yeah, about exactly. that. Yeah, and you know about the boxing film, which is and I know great. about the boxing film, uh, uh, which yeah, I think is going to be amazing. So yeah, anything that Lenny's doing, I will be excited about. But there's no point in me getting excited now. I've got to wait till closer when it comes out. So it's a manageable level of I can't wait to see that. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, I feel the same about Donald's work. I um, I know some of the things he's doing at the moment, but I also know that um, because the turnaround is 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 more... You, actors can make more films, yeah. you know? Uh, so I will definitely be, uh, yeah, very keen to see what comes next. Yeah, I believe Lenny is this movie Little Stranger coming out. Ah. That's meant to be very, very good. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. I will check should, that out. People should check that people out. People should okay. check that one out. IMDb says you're filming at the moment. How is filming going? That's great. Well, listen, best of luck with The Little Stranger. Uh, thanks for that, Lenny. Lovely to see you again. Donald, cheers. Thank you. Thanks for That's impossible. Your mind is playing tricks. Susan is a memory. 
It can all be explained. How innocent you are. I'm worried, Doctor. Last night he said he could smell smoke. I couldn't smell anything. These delusions seem almost contagious. Someone's playing games. People are capable of nasty impulses. There's something in this house that hates us. You do not belong here. Oh, yes. There'll be tricks tonight. Stop! Stop! What happened next? It was a mystery to me. Sounds creepy. Sounds scary. So, uh, just because <laughs> I realized at the end of that interview there, when I was in a roundabout way attempting to ask Donald Gleason about the the film he's currently making, which of course is Star Wars Episode Nine. Sure. Never heard of it. Uh, and he um, he doesn't answer. He basically makes a face over and over again while Eleni Abrahamson uh, just sits and laughs at me for attempting to get so anything Star Wars Hux related. kills Kylo Ren, takes over the first order, uh-huh. and then he secretly Chewbacca's son. Uh-huh. The Little Stranger is actually a prequel about Yoda and how he fits into the whole thing as well. So, well, um, got that off in one look. Yeah, well, Roy, you're a massive uh, kind of spooky horror film fan. Uh, Thank you. Was this scary enough for you? And how does this film compare to Lenny's other ones? But that's the thing, like, when it was announced that he was adopting a horror book, uh, it was a ghost story. You're like, ooh, like this could be amazing because he's been so good at everything he's done so far. Uh, but this is the first Abrahamson dud for me. I think well, dud's a strong word, now. Yeah, um, yeah. It was. Uh, uh, it's just dis- It's disappointing how 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 badly he misstepped the tone of the film. Um, he gets he gets so caught up in uh the drama behind the potential ghost in in the house that he forgets for the longest time that like there should be some kind of uh horror involved and then when the horror does come you're like oh wow like there's one scene in particular that you actually asked him about with the uh with the little girl that has done so fantastically well um but it's the only scene of its type really in the film and the rest of it is just lots of people talking and repressed emotions which is kind of what the film is about but that doesn't make it good or interesting um donald is okay in it his character is more interesting than uh even he was able to act out properly until again until it's way too late in in the game to uh it's difficult to talk about. <laughs> yeah, without giving there's a, the, like the, it is one of those films where you know half an hour and you're like, okay, so there's a there's a twist coming. I just have to figure it out. And to to its credit, I did not fully see how it was going to end ahead of time. But then when it when it revealed itself, I was like, uh, that's why I could never have figured this out. Ah, right. Okay. It, well, you see, because you normally like to figure out the twists or the bad guys and everything sure. about fifteen seconds into and the film starting, and, like, and then I she did it. It's that guy over there. Know, this is going to ruin the I film just, experience for you. But I just want to ruin the rest of your night here in the cinema. But that's the person. Never going it. to the cinema <laughs> ever. It's a no, lot of heavy whisper. He does it. I love it. Yeah. So the little stranger. Well, that's a pity. After uh, the success of Room and kind of the the plot. It's 
it's received as well. But uh, hopefully it'll still do well, obviously being an, an Irish uh, production there with uh, with both Donal and Lenny in it. Uh, so The Little Stranger, which will be out this week in Irish cinemas. Now, before we go on to our last two uh, big releases this week, um, we have to come back to this example high clue because myself and Paul are scratching our heads uh, mm-hmm. to try and get the answer here. Um so it was Long Run Ends Badly, Iceless Titanic Sinker, Donald's Dream Meatball. And as Paul, as you uh, we rightfully think, hopefully, uh, the middle line, Iceless Titanic Sinker, is a reference to Peter Berg, because Iceberg, but without the ice. Yeah. Um, Makes but sense. But the other lines, it does. <laughs> you know the answer, Roy. Does it make sense? Is that... Like, like, like you know, logistically. It fits. It, it, it fits. Like it, it, it fits the clue. But I think we're... we're no, we're struggling here with long run ends. I, I think I'm going to just put, take a stab okay, and just okay. say, for no reason, under the meatball, it's food, Peter Berg, and in Welcome to the Jungle, The Rock wants to be a cook. That's the only thing that I think it could be, Welcome to the Jungle. But other than that, I've, I'm completely off. No. I, don't, I don't know if there was a Donald's Dream in it or anything like that. <laughs> no. Gone. The answer is no. I think we might need a gift for this one, Rory. Do you have any gift that you could offer us? Um, let me see. Let me see. What, what, what's, what can I give? Okay, so... What's a long run? A marathon. Okay. Okay. What famous marathon ended badly? Oh, Patriots Boston, Day. Patriots Day. Yeah. Oh, long run ends badly. Donald's dream. Do- Don- Donald Trump. What, what? What's his big dream? Make America great again. What's the other big dream of his? About Stormy Daniels. Brr, that was a reality. Yeah, question get, mark? Get those P-tapes back. What's his big dream? With him in Mexico, he wants a... Oh, he wants a big wall. Yeah. Wall. Big wall, meatball. A ball of meat. A ball of meat. He's <laughs> saying wall wall burgers. Wall burgers. Wall burgers. Don't street Jesus. Wall <laughs> burgers. Oh, meatballs. Jesus. Come on. That was cryptic. I, I do you. like it though. I like it though. I like it. Um, <laughs> Uh, so long run ends badly. That is the marathon uh, in Boston, uh, the Boston bombing. Uh, then you got Peter Berg, director, and Donald's team, wall and meatball, meaning burger. <laughs> wall burger. That's, that's, um, that's the third film they've done, wasn't it? Uh, that was the third, third film they've done yeah. together, yeah. So, uh, and that ties in nicely because the other big Segway. release, you know? the other big release this week is a simple favor starring Anna Kent. No, no, <laughs> it's actually Mile Twenty Two with Mark Wahlberger, mm-hmm. uh, and co-owner uh, of Wahlbergs. Before we hear about the film, here's a little clip from Mile Twenty Two. Do you want to live in a world where everybody feels cozy and validated all the time, or do you want to live in a world that works? We fight new wars, the old options, military diplomacy. They don't always succeed. Sometimes you need a third option. That's Overwatch. According to the government, we do not exist. We're ghosts. But we are very real. And we get shit done. Good. That's just like us at the bigger view ski. Intense. We don't shit exist good. according to the government, but we get shit done. It's like the 18. Like literally shit. Ooh. No, not like literally shit. I mean, we're shit. Ah, ah, there we go. That's, That's what I move on. Move the conversation forward now. I think. So yeah. mile twenty-two uh, seems like, <laughs> on first glances, just another Mark Wahlberg film um, where he <laughs> is everyday kind of hero, um, as you said in Patriots game, Patriots game, I didn't say Patriots that. Day, <laughs> and uh, Deepwater Horizon and uh, Lone Survivor and Lone Survivor. Where he's like an ordinary man, he does have some skills in those, uh, where he's placed into these extraordinary circumstances. Mm. Now, this one, if he is working for like a government agency, 
yes. obviously he is just looking to kick a lot of ass in this film basically um yeah how does it compare to his other ones okay so the plot of the movie is that they're a secret government agency who are sent in to deal with situations that like the official government shouldn't be anywhere we were never here black ops exactly so it's himself and lauren cohen who was in the the walking dead and uh, ronda rosie who was a professional fighter person and a few other people and they're all professional over- fighter person yes that's the technical term title. and uh, uh, they're all overseen by john malkovich who filmed all of his scenes in i'm guessing 45 minutes in one room <laughs> um and they're sent in to take Iko Uwe, who you remember from the raid movies um from a from a not uh, not exactly named uh, asian country uh, and bring him to the airport so he can fly back to america and then he'll give this password that will give them all the secrets they need on uh, on evil government organizations that's fine why doesn't he give the password when he's just there because he, then he doesn't believe that they'll let him fly out of ah, right, flight, okay. flight to America. It's his bargaining chip. Exactly. And he's like, if you don't get, if you don't get me to the airport in like 90 minutes, then uh, the password won't work anymore and the, and the information will self-destruct. Jabbers. So they have 90 minutes to get to the airport, which is exactly how long the film is, which is, you know, a nice little ticking clock thing. Um, so it's just the entire film is a group of people start in point A and mm-hmm. they need to get to point B and there's all these people with guns in between. Okay. Um... And that's fine as a setup, uh, except that not a single character in the film is remotely likable at all. Like, ten minutes in, you're like... Oh, you're like, I want them all to die. I want, I like, violently. <laughs> I want you all to be injured quite badly and, and then die on screen. So you're um, rooting for the other guys. Who are also not likable. Oh, okay. Like, there's no one to root for. You just for want everybody film. to die. Yeah, exactly. Um, Mark Wahlberg, this is the most unlikable I've ever seen him play a character. Like, it's, he's, in, I think he's intentionally supposed to be because he has this undiagnosed personality disorder where it's like, it's not quite manic depressive disorder. It's not quite bipolar disorder. It's not quite OCD. It's not quite ADD. He has like this pick and mix of psychological problems and he's just super mean to everyone and if he doesn't get his way then he's like really like shouting in the, in their faces and this like in the middle Sounds of, like a, of dream a gunfight to play. <laughs> yeah. it, it just had had he just played a normal Mark Wahlberg character who was kind of charming in as far as Mark Wahlberg can be it might have been slightly better but it's just the fact that you're watching these people who you just immediately hate punching each other you're like I don't care well, obviously, this film, um, because he is playing this, uh, <coughs> or they are playing this team of secret government agents, uh, the action, I presume, is relatively decent. Some of it's all right. Like, there's a Because not everyone would care how much of a dickhead he actually is. They'd be just surprised now. You'd be surprised. It's it's aggressive. The, like, the dislikability is... It's intense. But, like, there's some good shootouts. Um, Eco Away has some really good hand-to-hand combat scenes. Yeah, but because again, the like, reason they've got him on board is to kick ass, like, in, I presume, like, tiny spaces. Yeah, but, like, uh, Peter Berg is not Gareth Evans, who was the director of the Raid movies. He, it's, like he do, it's like he has this incredible uh, thing at his disposal, and he's, he's not quite entirely sure how to use it properly, so there's a lot of slow motion there's a lot of uh rapid cuts and you're like no 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 no, no. you don't need to do that with him he he can do this without that's why the raid works so well yeah because like, he can do this distance and by himself happen, yeah. yeah he's a stunt coordinator he can choreograph this well he doesn't need assistance from editing to make this any cooler but it was, there's a lot of like 
he'll do a kick and then the camera will go and the guy's like right. oh, I'm falling You're like <laughs> yeah okay cool okay God, so Mile 22 probably one of the more disappointing Mark Wahlberg films then uh, that have been released in the last few years yeah because I, I liked Deepwater Horizon I really, yeah, li- yeah, really like Patriot's Day I'm a big fan of both of those um, Shooter had its moments yeah, yeah like like it's it's not Daddy's Home too but it's not Daddy's Home. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think we all know what that means. No, I, okay. I think so too. Fair enough. So our other big release out this week is uh, somebody who's way more likable, hopefully, is Anna Kendrick starring in A Simple Favour. Uh, and she stars alongside Blake Lively, yep. uh, who is in Ireland at the minute or was here recently. Until I think two, two weeks ago, yeah, in the rhythm section. Okay. So oh, she's in a band now, class. Um, so <sighs> this is a little clip from... Uh, <laughs> a simple favor. Everybody has a dark side. Some of us are better at hiding it than others. J'adore mon poisson rouge. Il m'appelle jour et nuit. Il tourne en rond pour moi. Et je m'attends rien que pour lui. Five days ago, Emily went missing. I'm realizing I don't know her as well as I thought I did. Emily, if you're out there, we're all really worried. Oh, if you could see us now. J'aime, that's, that's, j'aime les musiques françaises. Oui. Très. Um, is that the rhythm section doing the music there in that one? <sighs> okay, sorry. You're just going to flog that joke to death, aren't you? Well, that's to a death, it was, <laughs> it was DOA. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Anna Kendrick, I love the trailer for this, the way they've kind of done it as this uh, puzzle. Mm. And uh, she plays this type of character perfectly where she's, I'm real innocent and sweet, but as she says uh, in the trailer, you know, hiding, well, maybe she's potentially hiding a, a dark side as well. And from watching her in interviews as well, she seems to love playing with people's expectations of what she is like as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing this film. So was I. Yeah, <laughs> so was I. Um, yeah, they Kendrick's really good. Lively's really good. Uh, the film starts off with Anna Kendrick g- giving a uh, a vlog where she's giving she's like this perfect uh, single single mo- single mother uh, who gives like online in recipes and how to make cookies for your kids and stuff. But she's also saying that like her best friend has been missing for five days, so that's where the film starts, and then okay. it goes back to how the two characters met. And Kendrick is the same character, but Blake Lively's playing this like super rich, super uh super extrovert uh character who uh who kendra kind of has a little lady crush on because she's like oh this is you know the kind of woman i'd love to be and they strike up a fast fast friendship and um blake lively's husband in the film is played by the guy from crazy rich asians who is like the lead guy oh yes so he's becoming a thing now okay another another handsome person he seems to have all good success good for him i love that on the show big fan um uh, and then she goes missing and Anna Kendrick takes it upon herself to find out what happened to her and uh, it's a, it's an interesting setup it's got like kind of a an all female gone girl vibe for the first 45 minutes or so and I was like okay I'm in I'm involved you got mm-hmm. me you got me uh, so you just need to stick me. You just, just need to, me you just need to stick the landing Yeah, you just need to s- stick the landing so and then the nun appeared <laughs> the nun and the predator appeared no it was um, it just it got so muddled in the middle where 
it wasn't it wasn't sure anymore whether it was still a mystery or whether it was about these two people who were trying to get over the death of Blake Lively. And then all of a sudden the final third was like plot twist, plot twist, plot twist, plot twist, plot twist, plot twist. Blah, blah, blah. Like loads of plot twists. A- an insane amount. And then when they reveal what happened, I was like, what? Like not even in a fun way. It was like, it really just felt like there was a tombola of possible <laughs> endings near just like mm, pick one out at random. It was like this. This is why this, this happened. This is why everything happened. And it was just, it was, yeah. Like when you watch Gone Girl, watch it back. You're like, oh, this was really cleverly laid out, and it's. Well, did you like? Did you like Gone Girl? Love Gone Girl. Yeah, big fan of Gone Girl. Yeah. Um, and it just felt very. Um, surgical it was very like everything was in its right place everything happened for a reason where with this it was like and and now this and and she drives over here and she found this thing and here's a clue but it's not it's not a thing and, and here's Andrew kendrick and maybe she died oh, i forget it. it's based on a book isn't it so yeah. i'm curious if the book had that if it was just kind of the inherent flaws of the book or it translates the screen if you know what i mean I, I I did some reading to see like because I hadn't read the book uh, to see if there was any major changes and there were some but like I think essentially the spine of it is is the same. Mm. Um, maybe and I asked actually a friend of mine who had read the book and you and I explained I was like everything just happened like nothing happens for a long time and then everything happens and she was like yeah that's pretty much what happens in okay. the book as well. Okay. okay. So, so then um, that's pretty much on the writer should have realised the flaws and Paul the Feig. them out. Yeah. Really? Paul Feig directed it. So he's director as well, yeah. okay. So Paul Feig, people would know him uh, from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. He played one of the teachers in that. But in terms of director as well, he uh, directed the... Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids and Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters yeah. as well. Spy and, uh, and Spy, yeah. Spy, yeah. Well, is it a funny film then? Because obviously Anna Kendrick has a really strong comedic background as well. Yeah, like it's, again, the first half when when Lively and, uh, when Lively's in it a lot more and um, her, and her and Kendrick have some really good chemistry together and the film itself feels a bit more lively. Um, and that's, it's good. Like there's some decent back and forth between them and you're like, ooh, what is going on here? But it's it's played like a, funnier but not funny version of Gone Girl it's like a mystery with uh, with martinis but then it's gone mystery with martinis that's good somebody write that sorry um, so plenty of new releases out in Irish cinemas this week you have The House with a Clock on its Walls The Little Stranger Mile 22 and A Simple Favour as well but if you can't make it along to the oh. cinema Roy you have a little recommendation for I know, people I to watch I feel like I've home. been dogging on everything um, oh, you have definitely hated that. Hated that <laughs> film. Is your recommendation a film that you hate as Here's well? Here's one to avoid, people. <laughs> uh, Saturday twenty second. Yeah. So it's at twelve twenty a.m. So technically going into Sunday. So, the so it's Sunday the twenty third. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Twenty coming, minutes. I be coming back from the pub. Then, twenty yeah. minutes into Sunday. <laughs> uh, on BBC Two is. You know how early I get up on a Sunday. So you're I'll, be, I'll sti- be there. Still up. I'll be there. Party animal. Sunday party animal. BBC Two is The Skin I Live In. Oh. Have you ever seen it? I have not seen it, but have heard only good things. Mm. Where, Paul? I have seen it, yeah. It's very good. Oh, good. Okay, It's Glazer, isn't it? No. No, this is a uh, Spanish film. Yeah. Oh, I forgot What's his name. Anton- it's Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas. And that beautiful actress whose name I've forgotten as well. But the uh, director is... That's Antonio Banderas. Gone. Um, Almodobar? No? Yes. Is it? Okay. Pedro Melvedar. Or whatever it's saying. Well, I can't even pronounce Lenny. He said Almond. Lenny. <laughs> Pedro Almodobar. Yes, it's a incredibly dark uh, thriller um, dealing with a surgeon who is f- 
kind of forcing surgical procedures upon him, upon his beautiful patient. Uh, and for the first half of the film, you're like, "Why is he doing this to her?" And now, like, it's he, she, she, she doesn't seem to have done anything wrong to him, and he seems to genuinely uh, like her. So why is he doing this? Uh, and then, as the film unravels, you're like, "Oh, plot twist, plot twist, plot twist!" It's just the one, and 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 when it arrives, you're like, "That was deserved." Okay, and <laughs> it is incredibly made it's a like what yeah, it'll stick with you it's, okay. it's a dark one so that's this Sunday night the 20th Sunday, Sunday morning Sunday morning uh, 20 past 12 BBC 2 yes okay The Skin I Live In what's the Spanish title? Uh, El Skino uh-huh. Lost Living I, uh, Chili Con Carne so good Okay, so uh, <laughs> now we have this week's competition high clue. We do have tickets to give away, as we said, to the Irish premiere of A Star Is Born, uh, a film that is getting unbelievably good reviews, so cannot wait to see that one. Um, so last week's high clue was Alice Spots Goodwill, alone after helping hand, he shot seafood chef. Um, so the answer to that one any any ideas do we I didn't really sound at all I don't know we were well, Goodwill was Damon that's the only thing I was laughing oh there on. was yeah and Alice I thought like Mila Jovovich was Alice in Resident Evil but they okay. never been in the film there was uh, a more recent example of or Alice Mia, Mia, what, Mia uh, from Alice in Wonderland what's her name Mia Wachikowska Wachikowska yeah. um, it was actually Alice uh, as in still Alice which was Julianne Moore oh, yeah. okay. um, spots Goodwill uh, alone after helping hand well the answer is first of all it is not uh, but it's I a good know. no, it's a good will gesture. So, the answer was the fugitive. <gasps> so Julianne Moore uh, plays a doctor in that, yeah. and she spots Goodwill. Harrison Ford uh, does a goodwill gesture towards a young boy in the hospital. He's alone. He's on his spots own. The fugitive, goodwill. like spots goodwill. That's, that's like three insane. words. You're like, mm, I've got this. Uh, I've got this nail. That is a misnomer. After direct. after uh, a helping hand, which was the uh, the one armed man who unfortunately who killed my wife. Uh, so that's the helping hand there. And then he shot Seafood Chef uh, is a reference to Tommy Lee Jones, who plays the U.S. Marshal. He was Oscar nominated for that role as well. Yeah, it was. Good, the it? film was nominated for Best Picture. Was it? I mean, it's such back a good when there film. was five nominations a year. That's a tight group. Uh, but Seafood Chef was a reference to Stephen, uh, Stephen Seagal and Tommy Lee Jones uh, shooting him in Under Siege as well. So the answer Wait there was... He shot Seafood Chef? Yes. Who's the Seafood Chef? Seagal's just a chef, a general chef, not particular seafood. Or like, he, but he's at sea. But who sh- who shot Tommy Steven Lee Seagal? Jones? Tommy Lee Jones in Under Siege. In Under Siege, when they fight each other towards the end, they shoot him. Oh, they fucking do it with knives, don't they? Oh, Jesus Christ! Hiracy, anyway, hiracy. He was not shot. Hiracy. I have a bone to pick with somebody who wrote this high crew. So that's fine. You need gonna, this whole... Don't ever quiz Rory on Under Siege. Rory knows... Un- yeah, I think he wrote it. You, and like, Under Siege too. Remember Jessica Robbie? Do you remember the way she was like a seminal moment? Yes. Remember the birthday cake scene? Oh, Under Siege, yes. Oh, you're one from Baywatch. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have a word with... Uh, fellow high clue writer uh, who I swear I'm distancing myself from that one this one though I wrote this one he should have to watch Under Siege on repeat he'll be happy with that he'll be happy with that Under Under Siege Siege 2 on on the train no is that the one with the nuclear bomb no it was one with the satellite that could cause earthquakes in (laughs) midair because (laughs) 
because of course. <laughs> because why not? Right, and have you got your pens ready for really this one? I don't remember is that there were two people were getting it on and then the terrorists took That's over. That's the start. They had yeah, the, yeah, the drone, I remember yeah. that drone shot as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was good. Is that the only bit anybody remembers? Okay, but this week's competition haiku, I can't confirm that I wrote this one and I can't confirm it's 100% correct. You can't confirm anything. First Phoenix leader. The middle line is Thelma and Louise's man. Louise apostrophe S. And the final line is entertaining birds. So that again is first Phoenix leader. Thelma and Louise's man. Thelma or Thelma? Thelma. 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 T-H. And the final line is entertaining birds. Any thoughts on that one? Initial ones? Have the, have the actor. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, oh, you reckon you've got an actor? Yeah, I think, well, I thought okay. I had Damon last week and I didn't, so yeah. Okay. Things can go wrong, but then again, the hike last, was last week's was a mess. It yeah. was a mess. I apologize. Let's strike it from the record. It's gone. Forget it ever existed. Oh, it's, like, oh, it's, it's on tape. Oh, Sound guy's been recording we, this we whole thing. We can delete all that, can't right. we? You've we can. been recording this whole thing? What? <laughs> Now, we have got uh, some unbelievable guests coming up next week on the show. Mr. Kevin Hart, who's one of the biggest box office stars in the world at the minute, and Tiffany Haddish. <sighs> I know Rory wants to be the future Mr. Tiffany Haddish, don't you? I'm happy to be Mrs. You'll be Tiffany anything Haddish. Tiffany Haddish. Yeah, best friend, worst enemy. Because most people would know her from Girls Trip. Yes. Which was one of your favourite films of 2016, 17. Yeah, um, um, fantastic comedy. And she's going to be a big star. Actually, she's popping Emmy. up. She won Emmy this oh. week, yeah, for her appearance on SNL. So she's popping up more and more, and it's going to be a household name as well. So the pair of them will be uh, on the show for, uh, for for talking, for talking, <laughs> for talking. <laughs> something that I clearly cannot do. I think it's best we wrap this up. So we will see you all next week on the Big Reviews Game. You got oh, it. Sorry about that. Really? Oh, Christ. Christ. <laughs>